0: you may not know that my background is in psychotherapy. I was a psychotherapist for 10 years, um, working in the community, doing individual therapy, doing group therapy, um, family therapy, all of that, have a master's in counseling psychology. So I have just a a fascination with the mind and how the mind works. I think that I'll have a lifelong appreciation for anything that has to do with the The mental health and um, physical health. Just two topics I just read at leisure. She's a nerd. I am. It's the best way to be.
1: Keeps you out of trouble.
0: Well, I wouldn't say all that. Yeah, I wouldn't say all Hmm. of that. All right, but before we get started, Damien, I have a question for you. Mm. Ask away. you all are hearing Jada in the background growling. She's in one of those moods where she just doesn't want to be bothered. And Lyric and Bishop are just walking too close to her, so she's she's not <laughs> happy today. But anyway, so my question. I'm not going to take credit for this question. I actually generated it using chat GPT. Uh, One of my favorite tools, those who know, know, but one of the questions that they gave me that I I wanted to discuss with you today, Damien, was, and I need to think about this as well, but the question is, have you noticed any improvements in your self-esteem and self-confidence due to your relationship with your dogs? Yes. In what ways?
1: Um, I think your personality kind of f- forms depending on what type of dog owner you are. Meaning what kind of dogs you have. Um, when we owned Kizzy, we were different stage of our lives, we approached things a little different, a little bit more of wanting to be part of a group. You know, it was important for us at that
0: time. Um, and what, what do you mean by that? Well, first, wait, before you get started, some listeners may be hearing about Kizzy for the first time. So Kizzy was our previous dog. She was a boxer. She passed away from lymphatic cancer at the age of nine years old. Um, she was much loved in our family. We refer to her quite a bit, but yeah but that's who Kizzy was, so Kizzy the boxer. Mm-hmm. so when we purchased a boxer, we had small children
1: right We had small children, and it was the first that was the first dog they grew up with. you know she was very socialized, she always liked to be around a group of people, mm-hmm. a large group of people, she liked to kind of walk the we'd have several house parties, and she would walk the party, not even no not only. Um, here in, you know, where we're at now, but also back home in Chicago.
0: Oh, yeah. Everyone knew Kizzy. Everybody knew Kizzy. Everyone loved Kizzy. Mm-hmm. But you said back then we wanted to be more social. Yeah, we were more social,
1: and she was too. Mm-hmm. You know, of
0: kind of formed into the, the,
1: the personality of the dog that you own. Now that we're owning Dobermans, we're a little bit more about our own, trying to lead, trying to be trailblazers. We always have been, but we've kind of owned it now. And um, I, I look at Dobermans as being that same. They they don't really mix well with large groups. I mean, I guess they do a little bit, but they're still kind of to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like You know, it's how we go to the dog park. They'll mess with the dogs here and there, but they kind of stick to each other. Mm-hmm. And I kind of doing their own thing.
0: So how was your self-esteem and self-confidence different when you had Kizzy? Well, when we had Kizzy compared to having our three Dobermans now?
1: Um, You wanted to be accepted by everybody. Mm. You know, Mm. when we were coming up with Kizzy, it was like we...
0: Proper. We wanted to do proper things as newly married folks, as... Parents of young children. Right. Is that what you're saying? That's mm-hmm. way I'm interpreting it. Well, not only that,
1: but we just kept our circle big. And we wanted to be accepted by a lot of people. You know, we had the people in Chicago that we ran with a big circle. wanted to came down here, we, formed, we forced ourselves to form a big circle. It's quite a big circle down here in the beginning. And like I said, she was a very social dog. And, you know, we were very social as well, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: And she was a very acceptable dog. Yeah. Having a a boxer, and she was small. Mm -hmm. She was very docile. Just a, a cute, friendly, docile dog. And that worked.
1: And I'm not saying necessarily that you learn it from the dog. You know, a lot of the ways that you are makes the dog who they are, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it is something that you get comfortable with being, you know? And we always, for like nine years that she was alive, we were very, very sociable. Then, you know, she died in 2019, in May of 2019, and then my mother passed away in September 2019, so it was a really tough year, and... After that, I feel like we came back to home when we had just just bought our house. We hadn't even been here a a month, and my mother passed. So we came back home from the funeral, and we were just different people. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like that trip from Minnesota to picking up the dogs in Ohio was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And... It was a decision that we made the day before
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we picked them up, and we came back different people. Well, okay, so with Doberman specifically, I have the best idea. You know, I, I answer for this one is they are like rough and very tough dogs mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're very intimidating by look. You gain some confidence when you, when you walk. Three Dobermans around the neighborhood. Yeah. People look like.
0: It creates a sense of strength, I feel,
1: or or power. Power. You just, you know, they they see it and they walk the other way, but they notice it, you know, and it's just like you walking into a room almost with that same confidence
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, as a Doberman owner. You know, I just, it's very, they're very regal. Dogs, it looked it as very regal. They are. Status, high status dogs, you know. And you kind of carry yourself as such. I think you have
0: to. I agree. I agree. And
1: they force you to, actually.
0: When we had Kizzy, we were driving a minivan. Right. And it was a, a good dog for a family with small children, young children who were driving a, a, mini, a minivan and um, just living our lives as young families do So I feel like with Kizzy The way that having her Impacted my self-esteem and self-confidence Was that It just made me feel More grounded In our being a family
1: mm-hmm. Yeah
0: We're we're a blended family My oldest daughter I had her when I was 16 But Damien has raised her He came into the picture when she was 5 years old so, when he went and bought the dog, when you bought Kizzy, how old was Genesis? Mm, 10. Okay. So, Genesis was around 10 years old. We have been a family for five years. Um, we also had two other children who were, what, two and three? Mm, yeah. Years old, which, nope. yeah, we got pregnant pretty quickly. But... um you surprised Genesis with Kizzy. Yes, I did. And you and her went together mm-hmm. to go pick her up. Right. And it I was, feel like yeah. that was a pivotal moment in your relationship.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. She sat in the back with, with her on the way home. She threw up on her twice because she got car sick. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was. It was it's, I think it's is important. That's a It's a bonding moment, you know, with a daughter, you know, to be able to say that you did that specifically Day and Yomi were too young well, yeah. I mean, they, 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 I'm sure they they remember growing up with her but they probably don't remember when we first brought her home
0: oh no they probably don't you know? but it just made me feel good it kind of it solidified us as a, a family even though we had been married for a few years Yeah. but an event like that Really, the bonding moment for the entire family, and it just makes it feel yeah. real. Mm-hmm. The white picket fence and the and the dog.
1: Yeah. Sometimes pets will get a human through a very stressful point in their lives too. Uh, I've seen this this uh, news story where this lady's dog, her car got carjacked, and the dog was inside, and they caught. The people who did it and they found the car, but they couldn't find her dog, and they kept on saying they dropped the dog off at some park or something like that. But they went on to us to the story about it was that she it was such a big deal is because she was a breast cancer survivor, and mm-hmm. that dog was like her best friend through that time.
0: Oh man, yeah. You know?
1: So it it people they get it gets humans through stressful times.
0: They do. They do.
1: And it's more about it's not even it's more than just companionship. I feel like they do have the ability to. Change the chemical balance in your brain, the way you think, you know, just being close to something and having the sense of taking care of something. That's important to people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can also make you feel more empowered. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we got Bishop and Jada, at first I was a little nervous about getting Dobermans. Mm -hmm. I thought they were a little funny looking, (laughs) especially compared to... Kizzy, who had a flatter face, they came in, they had these long noses and these long tongues, and they made these weird noises when they yelled.
1: And they do stuff like
0: that. Right. Kizzy never growled or anything. They were growling when they were puppies. They were were a trip. But it just reminded me of Khaleesi. With the dragons, mm, as I yeah. got to know them yeah. just over time and yeah. having command of them and, and knowing how to, as I was saying, just control them. Right. And um, having such primal, like, beast, even yeah. though they're domesticated, but loving me in that way, I, I feel like it definitely made me feel more confident um, now that when you travel— and I'm at home by myself. I don't feel as nervous because I know for a fact that these dogs would die for me and they're going to protect us in our home. So that feels great. I never felt that way with Kizzy. So I didn't have that type of confidence. I don't know what Kizzy would have done. <laughs>
1: right. She would have She would have been the first ones hiding. Oh, somewhere. yeah.
0: Yeah. Like those videos you see on Instagram right. of the dogs, the house getting... ransacked Mm -hmm. and the dogs just in a closet looking at the people stealing out of the house. Right. But um, Bishop and Jada and and Lyric, they're very perceptive. So if someone were to come into the house and I were afraid they would pick up on that right away and I don't doubt that they would protect us. Right. So um, it definitely makes me feel confident in that way. And just telling people that we have dobermans. I'm I'm very like feminine and professional and just not the type of person that people would expect to have such vicious dogs and have such a close relationship with them. So it feels good because it it, it really does say a lot about who I am as a person. Because that's that it, it really is almost a manifestation, actually, of who I am as a person, this feminine archetype, but who has this edge to her. And I'm not saying I'm a rough person, but I'm very resilient and I'm very have no problem stepping up and leading and commanding and being the authority Even though I come across as cute and whatever, because people usually just like, oh, she's so cute. So, yeah. So it it makes me feel confident. And then also, and I know this is very shallow, but I'm going to keep it real. It's kind of a flex. It is. Because Dobermans are expensive. Yes, they are. They are the Ferrari of dogs.
1: Not just because of how much they cost when you initially buy them, because Bishop and Jaden weren't really all that expensive, if you think about it. Um, But- They just get hurt. They just have little injury, physical injuries, because they just do... They react first and think later. And when they're puppies, that's really bad. They really react first and sometimes don't even think later at all.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really active dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. And... uh, And they need expensive food. They require pretty expensive food. Yes. Which we kind of made that decision ourselves because of what happened with Kizzy with the cancer. Yeah. We made it, it was a learning moment for us and we decided not to have our dog on cheap food because we feel like that contributed to the cancer. Right. Yeah, I
1: think it did. Um, They just, studies have since shown that, you know, dry food is not good for dogs Mm -hmm. and to eat the same thing every day. Is not good for dogs, so we try to at least switch it up with Bishop and Jada. With with I mean with uh, Kizzy, she um she had a really sensitive palate, yeah, and her stomach, and you couldn't really give her too much of anything. In fact, we got her one dog food, and that's what she ate pretty much. Her whole life, because the probably the first year we was testing this out and testing that out, and we'd come downstairs and kennel would be full.
0: Oh yeah, full of just diarrhea. That was part of the reason why we couldn't leave her out at night, was because she would get these this projectile diarrhea type situation. Right. Um, But yeah, she would be splashing around, or we would act. We would smell it as soon as it happened. It would wake Mm -hmm. us up out of our sleep. And we would have to clean all of that up before we left out for work and it was a nightmare. So we made a conscious effort to not switch up her food. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So let's get into the chapter. Let's do it. Um, And for this episode, I will be referring to a book entitled The Genius of Dogs, How Dogs Are Smarter Than You Think by Brian Hare and Vanessa Woods. This is another gem that I found at one of my favorite places, the Book Nook, even though their books are kind of overpriced, but um, I love it nonetheless. You find a lot of interesting, interesting reads there. I'm going to read from a chapter. It's just a section of a chapter. The chapter is For the Love of Dog, and I'm going to pull out parts that I think are interesting and that you all would want to hear about. Like the caricature of the old cat lady, our obsession with dog has spawned its own caricature. Dog people speak to their dogs like children, dress them in ridiculous clothes, and leave them large sums of money in their wills. Their dogs are their best friends because no one else will volunteer. However, the profile of an ordinary dog owner is not some sad, lonely person looking to make a human connection and coming up short. In contrast... People who own pets tend to be more extroverted, less lonely, and have higher self-esteem than people who do not own pets. Far from seeing their pets replacing key relationships, pet owners are just as close to best friends, parents, and siblings as non-owners. Pets are an extra form of social support, not a replacement. One hormone that seems to be particularly affected in our relationship with our dogs is oxytocin. Oxytocin is transmitted from the brain directly into the bloodstream along nerve fibers to the nervous system, sometimes called the hug hormone. Oxytocin is what makes you feel good when you are touched by a loved one, get a massage or enjoy a good meal. In a study from Japan, People whose dogs gazed at them for a longer period of time showed a higher increase in oxytocin than people whose dogs gazed at them for a short amount of time. Not only that, but people with dogs who looked at them longer reported being happier with their dogs than those whose dogs did not look at them for as long. In another study, people were brought into a room that was empty except for two tables and chairs. They sat on a rug on the floor with their dogs and had their blood drawn by a nurse. For the next 30 minutes, the owner's attention was completely focused on their dogs. They talked softly to their dogs, stroked them gently, and scratched their body and behind their ears. Their blood was drawn after 30 minutes. People's blood pressure decreased, and they experienced an increase in oxytocin, as well as in a whole range of hormones, including... Beta endorphins, which are associated with euphoria and pain relief. Prolactin, which promotes bonding and is associated with parenting behavior. phenylethylamine, which tends to increase when people find a romantic partner. And dopamine, which increases pleasurable sensations.
1: Interesting. What was the chemical that's in people that you said that they, you know, increases when you get like like a hug chemical or a hug hormone or something? Oxytocin. Probably why Dobermans are the way they are. They're probably full of that
0: oxytocin. Yeah. Velcro dogs. Yeah, probably. And and they go on later in the chapter to discuss that as well. But how their hormones increase, Mm -hmm. oxytocin in dogs increases when they're close to their, their owner. Or their cortisol levels go down, rather. I'm not sure if it's oxytocin. I would have to read that. But their cortisol levels go down. And um, yeah, so it's a, a symbiotic relationship. It's mutually beneficial, and it is biologically proven to improve not only your mental health but your physical health. How do you feel that getting Jada and Bishop help you through that really difficult time of grief mm. right after your mother died? Because we picked them up on the way from after, after the funeral.
1: funeral. Yep. Um. It filled a void, you know. I was still, we were talking about you know buying another dog, you know later on, but we never really established a date or a time or a month or six months or whatever. And we never said anything like that. We just knew we were going to get, we were going to own another dog. We just didn't know when. And um, that was a void that needed to be filled because me losing my mother, you know, it was hard. It was like that was another person that we that we lost. And so um, it was just a rough year. I just needed to kind of go into the feeling of that dogs make you feel the puppies how puppies make a person feel. You know, it's like there is an endorphin that's released. Um, how,
0: how do you feel? How do puppies make you feel? Just excited,
1: you know, especially in like the in the morning when you wake up when they're they wake up and you got to go out downstairs and let them outside and they just crazy and these dogs are crazy. They just have such big ears and we're just tripping over their ears, wrestling around. It was just fun. It was a fun time.
0: It did. It was fun. We spent a lot of time just watching them. And I remember that there was a lot of laughing, mm-hmm. a lot of laughter that was happening, just just observing the dynamic between Bishop and Jada, how Jada would just beat up Bishop. He just would let her beat him up, right. really. He never understood that he was bigger than her, right. it seems like. but we would be cracking up. They roll around and then every now and then Bishop would get sick of it and he'll get her and pin her down and then she'll walk away and she'd have an attitude, but just observing living beings completely being themselves. Right. They're not tainted by anything in the world. Their emotions are raw and they're not afraid of being embarrassed or, They're not trying to impress us or anything like that. They're just being who they are. And so, like, Bishop, he doesn't care about looking like a punk. Right. Jada doesn't care about being a jerk. Right. And Lyric doesn't care that she's really annoying. Annoying. A lot to us and to her and to Bishop and Jada. But um, just observing that, I feel like it it has made me feel happier. And, um, you know, laughter and it. Release its oxytocin in your brain as well?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, um, people don't understand that the chemical in your brain is what makes you feel the way you do. You think about it, you just feel a certain way. You feel sad, you feel happy, you feel whatever, you know, and there's a lot of reasons why those chemicals are released in your brain, you know, and being able to have a new dog in the house, new pet in the house, you bring in a new energy into the house, is going to cause. Those chemicals in your brain to be released. Mm-hmm. And that's why you feel the way you feel. You know, it's interesting. It's really interesting.
0: You're engineering opportunities for happiness. You're setting yourself up for that. Right. By having dogs. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because no matter what's going on in life, they're going to be who they are. And really, they got it all right. Right. <laughs> you know, they get it. They get what's important. And so you could be having a bad day at work or whatever, and they're just having their dog day. Right. Being goofy or being silly or just being just dorks or whatever. And, yeah, that, that totally feels feels good.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, it was funny because, you know, like when you go to work, like you say, go to work and have a bad day or something like that. and. You think back, like, what am I dog doing? Some people have ring bell um, cameras in their house to see what their dogs are doing. Dog be probably on his third, fourth nap. Who doesn't want to be a dog instead of having to go to work? You get to eat. You don't have to pay for nothing. You sleep sleep all day, four or five naps a day. Yeah. You relax. You, you no care in the world at all.
0: And we make sure they have a good life and they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And it's just another way to spread positive energy through having positive relationships with our dogs. Exactly. I also liked how having dogs, I feel, has impacted our children mentally over the years, psychologically. One of our daughters, our middle daughter, she's always had social issues. And having a dog, she at least had something to play with or think about or take care of. And I feel like that was positively impactful for her. I feel like it facilitated a, a sense of empathy mm-hmm. or it increased our children's empathy and understanding of just the world and how to have compassion for just things and people in general.
1: Right. To take care of something. It's growing. It's getting bigger. It's, you know, developing. And... Um, You know, you have kids who have social issues, like our daughter, and to be able to come home to something that doesn't judge you for who you are. Mm They just want to see you. That's it.
0: Yeah. And they all have, all three girls have different relationships. Um, For those who are first-time listeners, we have a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, and 25-year-old all girls. Yes. Yes. But they all have their own unique relationship mm-hmm. with the dogs and interactions. Dan Yomi's
1: interactions with them are a little bit more than Genesis because Genesis, she was in college, right? In yeah. 2019. She,
0: she was in college, so she wasn't around quite yeah. a bit. But she was pretty close with, with Kizzy. Mm-hmm. Yep. When Kizzy died, it was, it was a bad day. She drove home from school. She was at UGA. And we were in a city, maybe about not quite Atlanta, but right on the outskirts. About a forty-five minute drive, right? Right. Maybe, longer? Hour thirty? Yeah, it's about this is this short of an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she came out there and she was just completely just hysterical um about what was happening. Ooh. But even when we haven't been able to be there for them, they always had something around looking out for them. Um, I'm sure if they were to be vulnerable, they would tell us stories of being in their rooms with the dog laying there crying about a boy or whatever, but it's really healthy. Just from personal experience, I completely agree with what the scientists have to say. Mm -hmm. So that's what people who aren't dog lovers or dog lovers don't understand when they come around and they're not being kind to your dog Or just being irritated with your dog They don't understand the deep emotional bond That dog lovers have with their animals It's something that just, it it can't be articulated Right And it's almost as upsetting as somebody messing with your kid Right And I'm not putting it on the same level But it is triggering If you run up to one of my dogs and you kick my dog
1: Mm -hmm. That's going to be a problem
0: It's going to be a big problem It's going to be a huge problem But yeah, I feel like it it helped me a lot With I I have a tendency towards being A little melancholy A little down, a little depressed sometimes And then also struggle with Anxiety for many years And there were days That I would sit on the front porch And Kizzy would lay next to me And keep me company And calm me down Um, There were days where I wasn't having a good day And One of the dogs is just following me around the whole day, almost protecting me from some unknown threat because they're like picking up on that hormone that's coming out, that cortisol, that stress hormone, and they're right beside me trying to make sure I'm straight.
1: Right, because they catch it. They feel it. They feel it. They said that, I, I don't know where I read this at, but they were saying that Dobermans were the first dogs that- we're proven to care for humans the way they do, mm. and um, we're used as um, seeing eye seeing eye dogs. I think even before German Shepherds were.
0: Yeah, just due to their ability to connect and just be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Really. Yep. Oh. I remember um, there was this video on Instagram of. This guy, he had injured himself. I might have sent it to you. Mm-hmm. He broke his leg or something. And his dog started limping around as if mm-hmm. he had broke his leg. Yeah, I remember that. And the family, oh, actually, that might have been on a, a show we were watching. Mm-hmm. I think it's called The Communication of Animals or something that's on Netflix. Yeah, I remember that. Um, something like, it's a docuseries. But the dog was limping around, and the family genuinely thought something was wrong with the dog took him to the vet the vet is like nothing's wrong with the dog then they started to observe his behavior and noticed that he only limped when he was with <laughs> the dad who had the broken leg but when he was with everyone else he was just sprinting about and clearly not injured but it's just like that that empathy that that deep connection that they have with their people And you can't help but to feel that type of energy on a a deep level. Right. Like that non-communicated compassion. And really it is communicated. It's not communicated in words, but there is a compassion there. Right. That's something I feel like I have to explain a lot to family members who don't have connections like that not just with dogs but with animals in general they seem to think that they're just this bundle of nerves and just electrical impulses and teeth and they run around and they don't have any thoughts they don't have any feelings they're they're not motivated by anything but food and those type of people are very critical of dog lovers but they don't see or understand those underlying benefits of having them, and how there's literally something happening, or literally something occurring, on a chemical, biological level that is connecting you with the animal.
1: Right. Because dog owners have dog lovers, dog owners. Period. They just they see another dog or another person walking their dog, and it is as, as a
0: respect. It is. It's understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I smile. It just makes me smile right. To see people Loving and connecting With their dogs it's, it, Living in a city it, I've never lived on a farm or anything like that But I'm sure Our listeners who have Worked with farm animals And you know cows and ducks and sheep Or whatever They can share stories as well Of having connections with Certain sheep Oh yeah, in the flock or a particular cow that they have a, a strong affinity towards.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, just like when a person sees a, like I said, a person sees another person walking their dog, and you cross paths.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's nothing more special than to know if you can approach the dog, friendly, or I'm leaving that dog alone.
0: Yeah, well, you're good at that. Yeah. You can look at a dog's eyes and mm-hmm. know for. It. First of all, I I love dogs, but I don't run around here petting people's dogs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm I'm not a good petter. Yeah, my petter is off. The dogs never <laughs> like it. I, I don't have these weird hands. Um, well, my hands aren't. They're regular. They're they're quite nice hands, however. But just like <laughs> my ability to to pet. It's it's just very awkward, and the dogs don't like it anyway. Uh, but so I like pat them on the head. That's a lot easier for me. But I, I'm definitely not ever reaching out to try to pet other people's dogs. I'm more of a yeah. like, oh, looking at the dog, liking to be around them. But I am not a, you know, hugging. I don't know why dog. I do. I, I just you do. Yeah. You you will walk up to a dog and you pet them and you feel very comfortable. Yeah. But you grew up with dogs your whole life. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um,
0: but what can a dog What does the dog do That lets you know They let off an of energy Okay,
1: Just don't approach me Even if it's silent um, they, I have a friend who Has a Steel blue uh, Pit bull Who disappeared They thought it was stolen Or it was stolen or something like that mm-hmm. And they caught back
0: up with it like Two years later yeah, the the shelter called them. Because like, mm-hmm, it was chipped. Yeah, they're like, hey, we have your dog here. And they went to pick up
1: the dog, and they were just basically like, the dog was never really the same, you know. And so when I saw it for the first time, we was at a fight party, I think. And I saw it for the first time at his house. And I kind of walked up to it, and it was, I just, I didn't even get within 10 feet of it. And I turned around and walked away. I'm like, uh, nah, no, he don't she don't. Want, it was a she, I'm sorry. She doesn't want to be messed with. Mm-hmm. She'll dart their eyes at you. They'll kind of look the other way. Yeah. They'll dart their eyes and look the other way. They won't look at you. They'll get real nervous energy about them. And it's just like, no, you don't t- reach out and touch them type of dogs. Right. You know, but when we were in Asheville and we were having that that get-together for your job a couple weeks ago. And we was, the night before we left, we were in a hotel at a restaurant getting some drinks and I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm seeing all these people with their dogs in the so hotel. There was there was at least I'm not saying a whole lot, but you know, in a lobby of a bar lo- of a bar, It, wasn't an hotel, unusual it was amount like of six dogs or seven dogs that I about. saw. Yeah, it was there's was at least about six or seven dogs that were around in the lobby of the hotel. And this guy walked up behind me, he had a bulldog, a traditional regular You know, UGA type of bulldog. And I think he had him dressed in in UGA with a UGA scarf on. (laughs) And I don't know. He was just not intimidating at all. Not intimidating at all. Reached down, petted him. The owner was even like, okay, you know, that's cool. You know, I don't necessarily need to ask a person. You know, the dog is... Well, that's
0: proper etiquette, right?
1: It's it's proper etiquette. Well, it's proper etiquette to ask somebody if you could touch their dog, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also very awkward. And you want it to be just kind of natural, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not like I'm out here just all in his face or something like that. I just kind of felt him, you know what I'm saying, real quick, just to know that I was there. And then, you know, told the owner, it's a beautiful dog. Because it was. It was a beautiful dog. And he's like, oh, thank you. They don't take it personal or nothing like that. The only dogs I don't touch that, well, the ones that are intimidating, of course, too, but uh, service dogs,
0: Oh, yeah, you don't touch of course, of course. I've seen
1: so many people get in trouble for that. Yeah. At airports or something like that.
0: The way I look at it, because I can, even though I don't pet dogs, I can feel when it's friendly or unfriendly or nervous or um, an anxious dog. Um, it's easy just to get a sense of where that dog is mentally. And in my opinion— Observing that and not judging it and seeing it as a boundary that the dog is setting and respecting that is the best way to approach how you interact with the dog. There are some dogs that really want to be petted and they want to be near you. And I don't mind those kind of dogs. But if you are petting a dog that will have increased stress hormones when you pet it, that's not good for the dog. Right. It's not respectful of their boundaries for whatever reason mm-hmm. that they're that way, it doesn't matter. Right. And it could ultimately end up not good for you. Yeah. Either. Exactly. We had a guest in our house recently and they claim to have a deep understanding of animals. And they approached Jada, just bent down in her face. And Jada kind of gave her a little growl. Yeah. And they were freaked out and ran off. Like, not ran off. They tried to play it off. But it was clear (laughs) that, first of all, you're not being intuitive when interacting with this animal. Because all people know you're not just supposed to, especially animal lovers, you just don't approach a dog in that way. And also just being so freaked out by the growl. At the end of the day, they're individuals, and that might not be the word for it. But they have their own personalities, and they have thresholds for what they can deal with and what they can't deal with. And our job and responsibilities, at responsibility as humans, interacting with them, is to constantly... It's to be aware of that mm-hmm. and not to look at it as, oh, this is a good dog or this is a bad dog because they're allowing me. It's very narcissistic to consider a dog a good dog because it likes you. Yeah. And they didn't say that, that Jada was a bad dog, but it's just, you know, just not not understanding really the depth of awareness that animals have and you can't fool them you can tell us oh well i know so much about dogs but the the dogs are all they know is just energy and the way the way, the way they approach jada it, it made me question
1: not only that but jada's a very very is, is very introverted she doesn't like a whole lot of new people mhm she has some times where she don't like anybody in this house, okay? Mm-hmm. And she will have her time. But, you know, she would never bite anybody. Yeah, yeah. But she will growl. She will.
0: she like, get up
1: out of here. Yeah, she will growl.
0: But Jada, she has more of a an anxious, anxious temperament. Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you do with her to soothe her?
1: Um, I like to, when I pet her, I... She has this little nerve in the side of her face that if you pet her, she will it forces her to yawn. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the only person that really knows where it's at.: You it's are right yeah. on the side of her face that you that you just kind of scratch it a little bit and it'll force her into a, a yawn like and then but she'll show her teeth mm. you know and I'll be messing with her. And she can't stand it. She likes to be pet, but she hates it when I pet that because it makes her look. I feel like it makes her look weak because she's smiling because her (laughs) dead face is just classic. She's not. She just looks like she's not. She's doesn't. She never played with toys, you know, and always just looked like was that she was never impressed by
0: anything. She just kind of had the flat affect. Yeah, yeah. But when there are loud noises such as fireworks or lightning. I mean not lightning.
1: Rainstorms. Thunder. thunder.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't hear lightning. Thunder. We basically have to cuddle with her. Right. And she goes straight to you because she knows I'm not I'm not the one. Right. That's not quite my thing.
1: She hears it coming before it gets here. Yeah. You know she can tell the weather's about to change. And Uh, she'll start and she's underfoot underfoot. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Now with Bishop, Bishop just likes to be nearby. And that's the way that we keep his stress down. Right. He doesn't like to go outside a whole lot, unless we're out there. But he feels most comfortable when he's able just to follow us around. And he's no problem. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't get into anything. Um, Of course, he's past the age of pooping or peeing on Mm -hmm. on the ground or anything like that. But just being in our presence makes him calm. And he was actually the first of the three that we started that we allowed to start sleeping in our room. Right, and he would just rest so peacefully at night. We we don't put dogs in a bed. That's another another episode. But um, he has his own. He, he has, has his, his own, own bed, bed, and he just loves being in our presence. Now, lyric, what would you say calms lyric down?
1: Any article of clothing that she could chew on and destroy.
0: I don't think that makes her calm. There ain't too much that really can calm her down. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't really pinpoint anything. She's either on zero
1: in sleep or she's on 10 and she's awake.
0: Yeah.
1: That's it. There's no middle of the fence with her. She's zero to 10. Just like right now, she's under this table asleep.
0: Well, you know what? It could be
1: a matter of 15 seconds she wakes up, and she's going to be running around here just getting into stuff.
0: Right, but so that's what I was just thinking. For her, what soothes her and makes her feel good is to be played with, to be wrestled with, to have a lot of attention. Um, She doesn't really take no for an answer. When she wants to be petted or hugged or whatever, she's going to come right up on you and just, Lean, put her paws out and stretch out. We're trying to stop her from doing that. And basically her paws are on your shoulder and she like pushes you back and like right. lays flat on top of you. But it makes her feel really good. And also that physical contact that, that feels good. That feels good for me too. Yeah. Even though I don't like a lot of, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of dogs laying all over me or on She's furniture fine. or anything like that. But yeah, But it's definitely, it's a mutual relationship, and people need to have an appreciation for that, an understanding of it, and approach it as such. It's symbiotic. The dog is not just there for you. You're there for the dog as well. You're going to experience chemical changes in your brain, and so is your dog. And that's why it's so important to honor and value that relationship. I feel like it was time to wrap it up.